blessed to be a blessing. You've heard me say that before, <laughs> if you've been here. I talk about the fact a lot that we have been blessed to be a, a blessing. God has blessed us as the Greenbrier uh, Nazarene Church. Uh, and over the next few weeks, we're going to ask the question, why has He blessed us? Why has He chosen to bless us? And what does He intend for us to do with the blessings that He has given us as a church? And, and not only as a church, but I'm also going to present... Uh, you know, that same question to you personally uh, during this series. Where has God blessed you? All right, where is it that God has blessed you? And what does He intend for you to do with that blessing? All right, so we're going to be unpacking this over the next few weeks as we take a look at uh, the life of Abraham. Well, I believe Abraham is one of the most... Uh, uh, important figures in human history. If you look at who he was and, and what came out of Abraham, Abraham is considered to be the father of our faith, right? And, and so he was someone who, who didn't just go with the flow. If you know the story of Abraham and have ever studied him, he didn't just go with the flow and do like everybody else. At times, he even stood against his own family. He stood against uh, society and basically redefined the future. And I love people like that. People who are willing to go against the flow, who, who aren't, you know, just, just following along with everybody else because that's what everybody else is doing. Uh, Abraham wasn't that way. And Abraham was a man who was blessed. And not only was he blessed, but he was also a blessing. And God multiplied his life, God multiplied the blessings that he had given Abraham. And I believe it gives us a picture. If y'all wonder why I'm a little hoarse today, can I just tell you, when the weather gets warm around my house, my wife works me like a stinking dog. <clears throat> we trim rose bushes and crepe myrtles, and we burn and we burn. I got up here this morning at 8.30 service coughing like a pack-a-day smoker. And so I haven't started another bad habit. It's just my lungs are still full of, of crepe myrtle smoke. Uh, <clears> that <throat> can't be good for you. But I believe by looking at Abraham's life, it's going to give you and me a, a great picture of how God wants to use us in this world today. And, and to just kind of set the context for Abraham and where we're at, when his story starts, Abraham really has nothing. I mean, he's, it's kind of ironic that the name Abram, which he's being called here where we find it, uh, it, it literally means father. The name Abram means father. But he's 75 years old, right? Nearing the end of his life. When this story opens, Abram doesn't even have any kids, okay? And, and later on, his name changes. We see it changes to Abraham, which means the father of many. And yet, he's childless, where his story begins. Later in life, he's childless. It's almost like his life is some sort of cruel joke, right? He seems to have this destiny that is written into him, and, and, but he's nearing the end of his life, and he's got nothing. It's almost like life is literally mocking him. And, and I believe that many of you today... Uh, are possibly in this same spot, same situation that Abram was. God has planned. We, we talk about it all the time. God has a plan for your life, right? 
and, and God has planned and destined for your life to matter, for your life to have significant uh, uh, impact on this world. But you maybe you're looking around you and you're, you're thinking, you know, I don't see it. I, that, that hasn't happened to me. I don't feel like my life has had any real significance, you know. And, and, and so we're going to see Abraham, he, he walks a path that leads him toward this eternal significance. And it's the same path that you're going to have to walk if your life is going to matter and, and make an, an eternal significance in this world. And it doesn't matter whether you're young, whether you're middle-aged, or whether you're old like Abraham was here. And, and I've shared this before, but I believe that every single one of us wants our life to count for something. Right? I mean, don't we? I, I, because do you know how difficult it is to stand over a casket at somebody's funeral and try to convince people that their life made an impact and their life had significance when it didn't? All right, you, you basically stand the pre, you're forcing the preacher to stand up here and lie at your funeral. All right, so don't do that. All right, we all want to make a difference in people's lives. We all want to make, we want to leave the world better than we found it, right? And, and so, you know, we all want to do that. So let's pick up Abram's story here in chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, don't miss this, go from your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Alright, now somebody caught me after first service and they said, I know I'm old-fashioned and my Bible's King James Version and it says, you know, the people that curse you will be cursed. Yeah, that's in there. It's in my Bible too. But the focus of what we're talking about is a blessing today, not the curse. Alright, and so God comes to this childless old man alright, and tells him that he is going to make from him a great nation of people who will worship and follow God, and not only that, but they will bless the whole earth, right? He's coming to Abraham at this stage in his life and says, I'm going to bless you in a way that you're going to bless the entire, all of creation, the entire uh, earth for the, in the future, and don't miss this. This is a promise that you and I also inherited, all right? And, and to make a long story short, one of Abraham's descendants was Jesus Christ. All right? and, it, and it was through Jesus that God offered salvation to who? You, all of us, all of creation. It, it was out of the line of Abraham that came Jesus. right? And, and so, you know, uh, Jesus offered salvation to all of us, and so we who have accepted that, we who are in Christ, we've been commissioned to bless the world. Right? We've been commissioned to bless the world by taking the good news of Jesus into all the world. Right? We have been commissioned by Jesus to make disciples. And, and so the great commission of making disciples that we see Jesus give us there in the Gospel of Matthew was preceded by tracing this family lineage from Abraham to Jesus. Go read it in the Gospel of Matthew. It makes a point to show us the path. 
to show us the, the connection there. So the great commission that is given to us by Jesus is just an extension of the promise that was made to Abraham here in Genesis chapter 12. So Abraham's promise becomes our promise. Abraham's promise becomes your promise and his experience serves as a model for you and me today. And, and so this presents us with three important questions that we must understand and ask ourselves when we say we've been blessed to be a blessing. And the first one is this, am I really following Jesus? Am I really a follower of Jesus Christ? All right, And, and I'm sure most of us this morning that are here would say yes because you probably wouldn't be here if you didn't think you followed Jesus, right? I mean, you probably would be on the lake today or on a golf course. And I'm not saying the people out there aren't followers of Jesus. I'm just saying they ought to be here. Uh, but th this question is, is much bigger than just coming to church, right? The question is much bigger than if we go to church and am I checking off the boxes that I feel like I need to check off in order to call myself a, a Christian. And, and, you know, this is a question about who is really in charge of your life. Are you in control of your life? Are you allowing God to be in control of your life? This is the question. Are you in control or is God in control? And don't miss this, God's command to Abraham, it's intentionally open-ended here. If you notice, look at it again there in verse number 1. God says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. That's pretty open-ended. right? He's not telling him where it's going to end up, is he? He says, go to the land that I'll show you later. I'll show that to you later. God said, Abraham, go. And Abraham said, go where? And he said, I'll tell you later. <laughs> All right? God says, I'll give you a son. Abraham laughs and asks, how are you going to do that? I'm 72 years old. You know? God says, I'll take care of that. Just follow me. Just follow me. Just take me by the hand. And trust me. And follow me. But here's the deal. Here's me. I don't know if it's you or not, but I know how I think because I want to be in on the plan. Right? I know God has a plan, but can we work on that together? Huh? Can, can, can we negotiate that? Because I want your plan to be my plan. I want to be able to approve the plan before I commit to the plan. Right? Anybody else out there like that other than me? I know y'all are all saints and I'm a sinner, but we, you know, so many people are unwilling to follow God. You know, just following faith, believing that he's going to take care of us. He may not tell us where it's going or where it's headed, but he's got a plan, and it's good. And it's good. And so, you know, we're often like, okay, God, if I surrender everything to you, if I, if I commit to, I'm, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, where are you going to make me go? <laughs> you know, because I don't want to be a missionary in a third world country because I've eaten what they eat and it ain't good. <laughs> and there's not an Andes in Belize. Uh, you know, it, God, if I totally surrender my life to you and I've, I've say I'm going to follow you regardless of where it goes, 
Am I going to have to change jobs? Am I going to have to change careers? Am I going to have to break up with my girlfriend or my boyfriend? I don't have a boyfriend. Maybe you do. Um, but, you know, we, we ask all those questions. What, what, if, what, if God, what if he tells me to change some part of my life that I don't want to change? I like that. I like that being a part of my life. Well, what if he asks you to, to change that? And by all means, God, don't make me one of those people that puts those annoying Christian stickers all over the back of their car. And everybody they meet, they say, God bless you. And they're the ones at Walmarts that corrects the person that says happy holidays. And they say, no, it's Merry Christmas. You know, I don't want to be that weirdo, right? Do you? Because some of you are, and we think it's weird. All right? Just saying. Because if we're totally surrendered to God and following God, He might make us weird and do weird things. And so many of us, we want to know God's plan and where He's going to take us before we're willing to follow before we're willing to go there. But here's the deal. God's not like the navigation system in your car or on your phone. Right? I'm sure a, a lot of you use it. And, and, you know, a lot of, I'm speaking to men here, a lot of men here think that it's just a suggestion <laughs> when they tell you where to go. I mean, how many of you, uh, Siri or your navigation system tells you, you know, turn right at the next road, and you're like, that's not right. You know, I, I'm supposed to go, you know, a mile down the road and then turn right. And so you pass up where Siri tells you to go. And, you know, some cars say recalculating. I used to have this little annoying girl that said recalculating all the time. Recalculating. Now Siri just tells me, make a U-turn, you idiot. You know. Um, so, you know, God's not Siri. He, he's not they're just recommending turns and directions for you, making suggestions, and then he recalculates based on how you respond to whether you're following him or not. He, he becomes, he, he comes, Jesus comes to us for total surrender, for total surrender and obedience, and his command is this, follow me, follow me. And this is a personal decision that Abraham had to make. Right? It wasn't a family decision. They didn't all get together and weigh out the pros and cons. This was a personal decision, decision that Abraham had to make for himself, and you have to make it as well. It's a personal decision that every single one of us have to make. At some point, you have to make your own decision whether you're going to follow God or not. It, it's not, and I'm going to say this, and I hope you don't take it in the wrong way. It's not good enough that you just attach yourself to a church. See what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not saying it's not important to go to church. I'm just saying it's not really that important that you just attach yourself to a church so that you can check the box off. Because a lot of people will say they're attached to the church, and so therefore that makes me a follower of Jesus. Now, I've told this story before. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Boys were playing baseball, which means they were really little because they figured out when they weren't very little that they had no athletic ability at all. Um, like they're, <laughs> so like their mother. Um, 
but I was at a baseball meeting. Greenbrier, you know, they were about to kick off baseball season. They had a meeting. All the parents come, yada, yada, yada. And so I'm sitting there in the cafeteria over at the school waiting for this meeting to start. And I'm sitting by this guy. I didn't, didn't, I'd never seen him. Hadn't, didn't recognize him. Began to have this conversation. And so, you know, all of my conversations with strangers always work in there. You know, do you go to church anywhere? You know, and so I asked this guy. I said, hey, man. I said, uh, do, do you go to church somewhere here in Greenbrier? He said, oh, yeah. He said, I go to the Church of the Nazarene. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I never told the guy that I was the pastor or, or the youth pastor at the time, right? Because that would have been just awkward for everybody. But, you know, it's, it's not enough to just attach yourself to a church so that you can say, I'm following Jesus. And, and here's the deal. Here, here at the Nazarene Church, we're doing our dead-level best to carry out the commission that Jesus gave us to make disciples. That's what we've been called to do. We're doing the best we can to make disciples. The question is this. Are you personally, are you personally a part of that? Are you personally a part of helping us carry out the Great Commission to make disciples? And I talk to people all the time that are excited about what's going on at the Nazarene Church. I mean, how could you not be? God has done some incredible things here over the past 115 years. Right? God's done some incredible things right here on this piece of property. And, you know, people all the time talk about things that, you know, we're doing as a church. The, the ministry that happens here uh, in these facilities and the outreach that we do uh, in our community. But there are a lot of people that are associated with this church. They're associated with the things that we're doing as a church. But not so many are engaged in what we're doing as a church. You see, there's a lot of people that have an association with us, but there's not a whole lot that are really engaged in helping us carry out the mission of the church and this committee. Y'all got real quiet because y'all are like, is he looking at me? And you can't tell because this eye's looking that way and this one's looking that way. And so... <clears throat> There's a difference between being associated with the mission and being engaged in the mission. I love you or I wouldn't tell you that. But there's a difference between an association and engagement. And don't miss this. God is not going to reward you for being associated with the right group of people. You, you can't piggyback on our engagement. You have to do it yourself. All right, that's the personal decision that it came down to with Abraham. And it comes down to all of us as well. Are you engaged in the mission? Are you really a follower of Jesus? Or are you just associated with his name? All right, fully surrendered with no questions asked. That takes us to the second question. Where is your security? Where is your security? God wasn't calling. To, don't miss this. God wasn't call, calling Abraham to make God a part of his life. He wasn't saying, okay, Abraham, here's, here's, what, here's what we want to do. I, I just want you to make a few tweaks, you know, here and there. 
And maybe instead of just coming twice a month on Sunday morning, maybe, you know, Wednesday nights too. Wow, that'd be a stretch, wouldn't it, for some of you? Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wednesday nights are awesome for those of you that miss it. I'm just telling you, that, that's the best part of church, Wednesdays. But he, he, wasn't, he wasn't calling Abraham just to make some changes you know, and some tweaks or, or just, you know, let me be a part of your life. Just give me five more minutes a day of your life, Abraham. No, he's calling him, Abraham, to a whole new life. A whole new path. A whole new direction. <laughs> right? And back at this time, think about it. Family connections and the land that you owned was a big deal. All right? it, it, was, it, it meant everything to people. Their security was in the family dynamic. Their, their security was in the land that they owned, that they made a living from. Right? And God was telling Abraham what? Leave it. He told Abraham to leave it. This would be the equivalent of God telling us to walk away from our careers and everything that we own. I mean, it was that extravagant. And now, God may not ask you to do that. I'm not saying that we all just sell everything that we own and, you know, do that. God may ask you to do that, and he may not ask you to do that. But if he did, question is this. Would you put it all on the table? Would you put it all out there and on the table? Would you be willing to walk away from it all to follow Jesus? Because here's the deal, we're not going to be available to be a blessing to others until we are willing to do that. Until we are willing to fully surrender to His will, His way, and His plan in our lives. How can we expect to be blessed to be a blessing if we're not committed to that? Is your security in life, in your plan, or is it in God's? Is your security in life based off the plans that you have made or based on the plans that God has for you? We have been blessed to be a blessing just like Abraham was, but in order to do that, we must be willing to trust God with our security and our future. Right? And I'll just tell you, I've been there, and it's a scary place to go, and I know that because I've experienced it. But I also know this because I've experienced it. God's plan is better. His plan is better. You know, and I've shared this before. And, and I, don't, I don't say it to brag. I, yeah, I do say it to brag. I, I say it to brag on God. Because, you know, I've never been more sick. I've never felt more sick in my entire life and felt more insecure than when I walked away from a job that paid lots of money and had lots of opportunity to go into the ministry. And I didn't do that until I was 30 years old. So I had established myself very well at a, at a, a company in Conway that paid very well and took very good care of their employees at the time. I had been there 16 years. And God was calling me to go into full-time ministry. And I'm looking at the paycheck. 
and I'm looking at the bills, and I'm looking at what my wife makes, and I'm looking at twins, and I'm going, God, this don't work. It can't work. You're, you're telling me to walk away from at least $20,000 a year difference in these two salaries. And I'll just tell you, when I turned my badge in and I walked out of that building, I literally wanted to puke. And each step that I took, I was thinking I made a mistake. And God, you're about to ruin it all. And I didn't trust him. I laid it all on the table and I walked away from it. And I didn't trust him with the future. And I'll just tell you right now that, you know, when I got to a place that I trusted him with my future and I trusted him with my security and it was solely in his hands and it was no longer in mine, he blew my mind with what he did. You know, he has has blown my mind with what he has done since then in the last 22 years. He has blessed our family more than I could have ever dreamed. More than I could have ever imagined. And I would have missed out on all of that had I not been willing to lay it on the table. When you're willing to let go of the things that you think are bringing you security, and they're really not. I, I was joking about this old crotchety guy that we knew that was tight and he was mean. Nobody liked him. And I'm not going to tell you his name. Some of y'all related to him. But <laughs> he had all kinds of money and, you know, just so stingy. And he died. Somebody's car alarm's going off. Push your button. <laughs> what was I talking about? What, what was I even telling? Oh, the crotchety old guy that some of y'all are related to. We were talking about last night. He, he came up in a conversation we were having at supper last night, and I said, you know, I don't think he took one penny with him when he died, did he? You know, it, it was... All, all that security and, and all that that he worked so hard at and protected so much. Folks, you're not taking it with you. And I ain't leaving it to my kids. <laughs> so I'm spending it all. That's why I'm driving a new truck. <laughs> but when you're willing to let go of those things that you think bring you security, he'll blow your mind with just how secure he'll make you and how secure you will be. When you follow him and his plan for your life, his plan's so much better than yours. He laughs at your plan. That brings us to the third final question today. Have I offered my blessing back to God to be multiplied for his kingdom? Because, see, that's what he does with it. We are blessed to be a blessing, and that means that becoming a follower of Jesus means viewing everything as in your life as something to be multiplied and used for his kingdom. Do we ever look at everything everything that you have is a blessing from God. Did you know that? Everything that you have is from him. He says all good things come from above. 
Every blessing that you have has come from Him. And He has given it to you so that it might be multiplied for His kingdom. Don't miss this, friends. God's a very rich giver. He's a very rich giver. And He's a good, good Father who loves to give gifts to His children. But He doesn't give us blessings simply for us to just enjoy them. He blesses us so that we can offer those blessings back to Him, back to God, so that then He can multiply those blessings in the lives of other people. I, I want to show you something really cool that Paul said over in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. Paul says this, He who supplies seed to the sower. All right, he's, talking about, he's talking about God. We're seed sowers. We talk about this a lot on Wednesday night that God's called us sow seed, plant seed, right? He who supplies us the seed will supply and do what? Hello. Underline it if you got a Bible. If you got an iPad, don't underline it. The seed supplier will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your what? Now, you will hear some preachers, we call prosperity preachers, or I call them prosperity preachers, a lot of times you see on TV, that will take this and speak to it in a financial kind of way, that God wants to, you to be rich, right? And, and I'm, I'm not going to argue that God may choose to bless you in that way. But this says, he will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Not your 401k, not your bank account, all right? Your righteousness, because it will be your righteousness, which means basically this. Your rightness with God is what righteousness means if you're new to the church. He wants to increase the harvest of your rightness with God so that you can be a blessing to others with the blessings that He's given you. This is so good. So why did God bless you? Because He wanted to multiply your seed. right? He wanted to multiply your seed. And here's the deal. Becoming a follower of Jesus means a reshaping of the way you think about the things you have in your life. It's a reshaping uh, of your life. And we as Christians should look at everything that we have been given as seed. Everything that we've been given as seed for sowing. And there are basically two things that you can do with a seed anyway, right? I mean, you can grind it up and use it for seasoning or some sort of food. Or you can plant it. And some of you here today are probably sitting there thinking, Well, Steve, I don't feel so blessed right now. My, my life has been pretty hard, and right now I'm not in a really great situation, so I, I, I don't feel this blessing that you're talking about this morning. Listen, no matter who you are or what season that you're currently in, He has given you seed to sow. Regardless of where you are, what you're going through, He has given you seed to sow. One day, we, we see a story in the New Testament. You know, Jesus watched as a woman put only two pennies in the offering. That lady probably didn't feel financially blessed. She, she didn't feel rich according to the world's standards at all. 
but Jesus uh, said she gave more than everyone else because she took what God had given her and, and multiplied it. She did the best she could with the seed that she'd been given. Right? And, and can I just tell you this? God will never ask you to give something that you don't have. He, he don't do that. He's not going to ask you to give something that you don't have, and you're not always in control of your life. And, and so, you know, you, you, you can't control government shutdowns. We all wish we could because I'm sick of hearing it. <laughs> you know, oh, here comes another one. Bless anybody's heart that falls in that situation. But we can't control that. We, we can't control if your place of business decides to shut down and relocate. You know, we can't control a, a, a layoff that we may experience. But regardless of what you have or what you don't have, we are called to take that and to offer it to God. And so it's not always about the money, right? And don't miss this. You can even offer your pain to God to be a blessing. You can offer it to Him. You can say, God, how can I use this pain? How can I use this difficult situation that I'm going through? How can I use that to be a testimony for your glory? I'll, I'll leverage my prosperity for the advancement of your kingdom, but I'll also turn my pain into a testimony of how good a God you are and how good you've been to me and how rich that is to know that you have carried me and you walk with me in the valley of the shadow of death. Right? Because here's the bottom line. In the Christian life, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Not your pain, not your situation. None of that is wasted. He will take that and use all of that for His glory and your good. His Word tells us. And everything that God gives you, I love this verse, can be multiplied. Huh? It can be multiplied. When you sow in God's field, when you sow your seed in His field, He will increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. And you will be blessed to be a blessing. God uses us to bless other people. You've seen that a lot. We've done that a lot in this church. Blessed to be a blessing. We put the title slide back up and you think I'm wrapping up. I hear those Bibles closing. I'm not, I'm not done. Y'all are used to getting out. Hey, DS preached till like 11.50. Huh? That guy last week preached too long. So I'm taking my time. I know y'all used to getting out. Y'all are used to getting out at 11.30. I'm not done. Here in, in the story, God gave Abraham a choice, didn't he? Abraham had a choice. God gives you a choice. And he gives me a choice. And basically it's this. Hold on to what you have. And you'll end up empty. Or offer what you have without reservation or any restrictions. And you will be filled. 
both you and the world around you will be blessed. And don't miss this. If you want to live a tidy, safe little life without ever leaving your comfort zone, can I just tell you, you're not going to be of much use to anybody staying in your comfort zone. But if you open your hands with all of it available, you see, when we open our hands, then God can multiply. And He can take it. When we get our grip off of it, He can take it and use it for His good and His glory. And He will take it and blow your mind with what He does with it. God has blessed us. And with that blessing, folks, comes a responsibility. It's not so that we can just bask in it and feel good about ourselves. There comes a responsibility with the blessings that he's given us. And friends, we have an incredible opportunity right now to make a huge impact on this community for the name of Jesus Christ. We have a great opportunity. Look at how many people are here. We're talking about nearly 500 member church. Think of the impact that this church could have on a city of 5,000 people. We have an incredible opportunity for God to teach us what it means to truly surrender and to follow Him with reckless abandon and to have our lives really make a difference. I can't wait to stand over some of your caskets and tell everybody else what I saw God do in and through your life. Don't make me stand up here and lie about you. But the question is this, the same invitation that was extended to Abraham is extended to us. Are, will you join us? You know, will you join us? Are, are you willing, over these next few weeks as we unpack this a little more, are you willing to pray the prayer, God bless me, God multiply me, I'm ready to follow and be a blessing for you. And be a blessing for your glory, not my glory, not the church of the Nazarene's glory, but for his glory. That's what it's all for. That's what it's all about. And, and, and I want you to think about this as we close. Think about the life of Jesus. So much like Abraham. All right? Jesus was asked to go out. Jesus was asked to leave his father. Jesus was asked to leave his home and go to the unknown, and he did so gladly for you. He walked away from it all gladly for you so that you would have a home, so that you would have a father. He, he walked away from his so that you could have it. And if you understand that the one who is calling you to follow is the one who gave up everything on your behalf. The one who's calling you to follow him has given it all up for you. And when we understand that, I believe you'll have the courage to lay it all on the table. You'll have the courage and you'll have the boldness to leave it all for him. And you can, you know, let go of all your little securities that you think you're building up and, you know, your 401K and all these other things. 
because you have ultimate security in Him. In Christ, we can, we can let go of all that we have if we have to, if He asks us to. We can let go of all that we have because in Christ, we have the promise that we will have all that we need. <laughs> all that we need. Imagine that. And so Christ's sacrifice for us becomes our motivation to sacrifice for Him because our security is in Him and only in Him. And that becomes our confidence to risk for Him whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And so this morning as we close, we're going to spend some time in prayer together and we open our altar at the end of each service and invite anyone to come that wants to come pray about anything, and we're going to do that today. This morning, I just wonder if there'd be anybody here that would be willing to pray this prayer today. God, multiply me. Multiply me. I'm ready to follow. Bless me so that I might be a blessing. And if you're here today and God's speaking to your heart about some area of your life, I invite you to come this morning while we pray together. Maybe you're going through a situation. Maybe your family's got a difficult decision. Maybe there's somebody that God's just laid on your heart that you want to come pray for this morning. I invite you to come. We're about to all pray together. So if you'd like to come, come pray. We've got a prayer chest here filled with names of people we pray for on a regular basis. But as we close together, would you come? God's speaking to your heart about praying this morning. Come now as we join our hearts together. Let's pray. God, this morning we... Uh, have been blessed to look back at a story, to look back at a life of a great, great man. A man that you used to uh, impact this world in a, in a mighty way. And the thing that jumps out to us is that he had a choice. He had a choice that he could be that or not be that. He could do that or not do that. And that's this free will that you gave every single person that you created. You gave us the ability to make our own choices, to make our own decisions. And we see what the life of a faithful man, a faithful person that's following you. We, we see what an impact that can make. And God, we think back over the 115 years that this church has been here and we read the reports and read the stories about the struggles that this church had. The difficulties that they went through, but yet they persisted. They laid it all on the table. They sacrificed. They were blessed and we received the blessing. We're recipients of that. We're recipients of what Abraham did. We're recipients of what people in this church did 50 years ago. We're recipients of the prayers that our grandparents prayed for us and our parents prayed over us. We're recipients of 
those blessings. But it doesn't just end with us. We receive blessings so that we'll be a blessing. And we thank you for this incredible story and this reminder today that that's what it's all about. It's about following you. It's not who we're associated with or what boxes that we can check off. And, and, and so we feel good about ourselves and consider ourselves to be something we're really not. But God, I, I, I trust that you're speaking to some hearts here today about fully surrendering their lives and maybe some things to you. And I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like I know what you're saying to people because I have no idea. But they know. Every single one in here knows what you're speaking into their life and into their heart. And they have a choice today as they walk away from here to either say yes or no. God, I pray today you'll give the peop some people that your word today has given some people the courage to say yes. And then we can trust you with the future. We can trust you with our security. We can trust you because you have promised to supply all our needs and to multiply them. <laughs> You're a loving God. You're a good God. And we're grateful and we're thankful for that kind of love for us. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for never quitting on us. Thank you for always chasing us down when we get on the wrong path. Because you want us to walk with you and follow you. So God, I pray that some here today would make that decision. Maybe for the very first time or maybe it's just time to get back on the path they know they need to be on. Because the path this world lays out for us doesn't end anywhere good. So God, I pray as a church you'll find us faithful, you'll find us obedient, you'll find us understanding we've been blessed to be a blessing. And I pray that you'll multiply those blessings and help us to make a huge impact on this community and on this world for your glory. That you would receive all the glory. They wouldn't look at us and go, Ooh, look how awesome that church is or how awesome that board is or how awesome those people are. But they would look at us and go, that's what God can do in someone's life. I've seen it. And then they would be drawn to you and they would know that it was you that did it because they know us and know we couldn't and can't. We love you so much today and we thank you for this reminder today of how much you love us. I pray for these that are going through difficult situations. Many lined up at this altar today where they need you. Thank you for being their help. Thank you for being their hope. We love you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we ask all these things. Amen. God bless you all. Love you guys.